electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Bulls are going to try to hold on to Wednesday's rally and see if they can push above the June highs around 4180. Today is the last big day for Q2 earnings. And yields are down as jobless claims come in 260K ahead of that jobs number tomorrow. Our roadmap begins with the country's largest employer, Walmart, uh, reportedly set to announce some layoffs at corporate. Lucid's lower after cutting production targets again as logistics challenges cripple their output. On the flip side, Fisker stays on track, set to start production of its SUV later this year. And Alibaba shooting higher after beating, says its business improved in June. We're going to begin this morning, though, with the market and this new note from Goldman today signaling a potential leg lower. They write, quote, without clear signs of a positive shift in macro momentum, temporary re-risking could actually increase risks of another leg lower in the market rather than signal the end of the bear market. This is particularly the case if the positive shift is driven by the systematic community and not by fundamental investors. They're basically looking, Jim, at declining uh, demand for stocks within multi-asset classes. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically saying we're really setting ourselves up for a big risk moment, uh, that there's just been a lot of enthusiasm based on absolutely nothing. And that if that's the case, then what's going to happen is we're going to have to get used to bad news really hurting us. Uh, the market is not de-risked. I read it much more negatively in the sense that uh, that things are okay right now, could go either way, but you just wait and see. And I, I don't know whether they, remember, it's not, it's not costing. But no, it's, I think, it's Mariotti. Right, but I think it's a piece that's going to be talked about because what it says is, uh, please don't get comfortable. You're going to get whacked. Do you think that makes sense given that September is usually not so hot? I think that there's going to be, there could be some problems. Uh, you got a midterm. Yeah. Oh, my, my friend John Ellis, who does this great newsletter each morning, talked about how if you, took, if you extrapolated what happened in Kansas, uh, you would ne- definitely think that the Democrats are going to have far better chance than you thought. Now, I think right now, most of the people I've talked to are saying 30, 30 uh, seat sweep in the, in the House. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi goes, says goodbye. The Kansas, which is obviously a referendum on uh, Roe v. Wade, would say otherwise. And I thought it was a very important note. It's the first time I've seen that the Democrats are going to make a real stand on Roe v. Wade, and not everybody is united in its hatred of it in the South. Yeah. Uh, McConnell yesterday saying that uh, the lead in the Senate, whatever, whoever gets it, it's going to be pretty thin. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you believe the Republicans are good for stocks, then the, the uh, Kansas elect, uh, primary was very bad for you. Yeah. Um, so given that, and given the way we rallied yesterday in the face of all that hawkish Fed speak, uh, Kashkari saying don't count on any cuts next year at all, uh, who's right, the market well, or the, these Fed officials? I mean, I, I've got a piece of paper in my hand for uh, what I'm looking at, which if you remember the club you get. And there was, everybody's got, too, the way I read it is everybody other than Costco has too much inventory. I mean, I think that the, if you had to have a 
metaphor for this moment. It's the abominable snow, the, well, the abominable Yeti, where there is inventory everywhere uh, throughout the system, and they miss the number. And we think of Yeti as being something that a few couple years ago, hey, do you have a Yeti? Well, now it's like Yetis everywhere, and you, you couldn't you, you couldn't spot the Yeti in the. Uh, uh, you mean a rare, a Sasquatch, something right. you never see. And now there's nothing rare about having something in the channel everywhere. So I think Yeti kind of represents the zeitgeist of the moment. Too much inventory. I, I mean, look, there's too much inventory in low-end 5G. A reading of the Clorox quarter is massive inventory. Uh, the uh, Kimberly uh, Greenberger downgrade of Levi's is inventory. Uh, loose, well, there's two that don't. Neither Fiskart or Lucid have any inventory because they're having trouble right. making it. But you mean everything, everywhere but cars. Everywhere, everywhere but, but cars. cars and semiconductors for cars is, a, is just, the system's no good. And, you know, look, let's, we don't know really what's going on at Walmart. But you know what? They don't know what's really going on at Walmart. <laughs> so I mean, let's say we call Bentonville. You, know, you get one of those weird sounds. You know, that's one like you dial the wrong number. <laughs> Jim's mentioning um, this report uh, that Walmart may be considering laying off corporate employees about a week after slashing their outlook. And by the way, that brings us to Challenger, Jim. Uh, second month of a year-on-year increases in layoffs, 36 percent. It's setting up. I mean, look, the, the Fed wants to have people spend less money. They don't know what else to do. I mean, they're certainly winning lately in gasoline. I mean, oil can't, oil can't hold any level. I mean, oil is up, and oil is... A great, uh, it, it's a great moment for those who are short oil. There was an amazing article in the Wall Street Journal. The grains are all going down. The consumer has less money. July is setting up to have been a weaker moment for travel. We all were excited about the idea that, hey, they're not buying goods anymore. They're traveling. Well, now maybe they're going out. Uh, beer consumption, not that strong. Well, that's what you, know, you get that when you go out. So, I mean, um, uh, Taco Bell had a good number. <laughs> um, yeah, although Shaq uh, saying low-end consumer, definitely feeling it. We're going to talk about the low-end consumer pizza. wants to go home. Remember, remember when you had mac and cheese? Kraft? Yeah, when you were at home and you had mac and cheese and you, you had a feeling that your dad hadn't done that well? Well, that's a lot of people's dads aren't doing that well because it, it's, the Fed has made it so that we're all scared. I mean, look, you have all those guys come on yesterday. What is the sum total of, of all their fears? Wow. All right, so we're going to get, get hit again. So let's save. But that's what they want because they need prices to come down. You need plastic to come down, which is starting to come down. You need box to come down, which is rolling over. Uh, you need high-end semis to come down. That has not happened yet. Well, you mentioned travel, and booking is going to open down about three. They <laughs> did talk about some deceleration in room nights. There it is. Uh, May was great. May was right. 20 plus, and then right. June reverted to the 14 well, area. I mean, I, people keep going back to this interview I had with Chesky uh, for Airbnb. And they keep coming up with, with what I think is a wrong conclusion about the month of July. I think July was okay for them, and I think that, the, that they're setting up for some very good numbers. But they're also the way you, when you want to go to a Washington, D.C., you could spend $800 on a high end. Uh, room or you spend eight hundred for a night or you spend eight hundred dollars for a week. So Airbnb is actually going to come out to be like Costco. People are going to go there because it's cheaper. The Costco number last night didn't look that great, but the notes are that it's just doing far better than everybody else. 
Costco, by the way, I, I, I think people didn't understand. A lot of people felt that it was like older people when you were growing up. Costco is where you go if you don't want to pay as much. If you don't want to pay as much for that chicken. I mean, they have their own chicken farm, for heaven's sake. They're not reliant on anybody. And you, you pay your fee and you get great prices. So if Costco's numbers swell, like I think they are, that says that the consumer's hurting. It doesn't say, wow, they're really spending. Yeah. Well, it certainly explains, you mentioned the downgrade of Levi's over at Morgan Ooh, Stanley, yeah. but we have one at, of Kohl's at Cowan. Ooh, that we have was a one negative. of Under Armour at Baird. Oh, was that a negative? Uh, they go to 10. Uh, and Cowan was at 60. They go to 35 on Kohl's. The All Kohl's the- piece, Oliver Chen, uh, basically says they've got inventory up the whatever. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. Inventory, and I'm talking about this at the uh, my investing club, 12 o'clock meeting. Inventory, as Mickey Drexel would tell you, is the bane of every retailer. And we are getting a glut of inventory throughout the system, in part because the Fed made it more expensive to keep inventory, but they don't have any place to put the inventory because they've also made the consumer so scared. I think the consumer is being told to worry. Look, it's like the Goldman piece. Money managers, you better be getting ready to worry. I don't like that, but it can work. Uh, Certainly. Uh, You talk about banks. There's a report out today about Credit Suisse potentially looking at some layoffs to help revive. And uh, we've already talked about the banks and their investment banking. We know that Goldman Sachs is very quick to be able to, if they have divisions that aren't doing well, very quick to slice those divisions. Like I, I remember when I was at Goldman, the mortgage business wasn't doing well. I, I, and then one day you went down and there was no mortgage department. It's like, where's the mortgage guys? There's just a bunch of copy machines. I knew that because I was the key operator. I always knew how to fix a copy machine. <laughs> right. hey, Jim, yeah. can you change the toner? Well, I, yes, I am actually great at toner change. <laughs> it's one of the specialties I have. I'm glad you brought it up. Well, if all this is true, right, um, then where does mega cap tech uh, fit in this playbook because there's an argument okay. that if if we have seen the top in yields, uh, then mega cap tech is going to be the best then place to be. How can Lisa Sue, the CEO of AMD, larger market cap than Intel, say that business is on fire? And that's because at that particular end, the high performance computing, that's again like Costco. This is where you go. I mean, think about think about the numbers of some of these uh, some of the packaged good companies. They're, they're spending 50 percent of the Procter & Gamble. I mean, look, there was a time when Procter & Gamble, you would think that they would know what the Internet was. 50% of their ad dollars, the largest consumer packaging goods company in the world, goes to the web, goes to the Internet, which means really Google and Amazon. So, I mean, if you're a supplier of chips to companies that are web services, uh, you're just doing great. High-end, Qualcomm, high-end cell phone doing well. Corvo, not high-end cell phone doing badly. So the high end is doing very, very well. Now, the highest end consumer, we don't know. But the high end computer companies, they're doing very well. That's where you have to be. Yeah. Well, it, uh, look at Baba today. Uh, uh, sense of relief coming well, over Well, they that had quarter. that big holiday go over. I, mean, I, I remember I was talking to Tim Cook and about this right before the, the quarters now. He goes over the quarter with me and he goes, I said, geez, China's strong? He said, well, of course, 618. You know, so I'm freaking Googling, faster, faster. Oh, yeah, that good consumer holiday. You know what? I forgot about it entirely. Um, when, you're, when you're talking to Tim Cook, the one of the things you don't want to do, I've learned this, is be stupid. 
Generally he, not a good strategy. He doesn't have time. He doesn't suffer fools. He, look, he's incredibly nice. But you don't want to be on a conversation with Tim where he's explaining something you don't know because then you're kind of a five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, as for Baba, a 175 beats by 19. Revenue was ahead, but actually the first revenue decline since the IPO. Right. Uh, we saw signs of recovery across our businesses in Well, June. look, they're going to suck you in. Do we ever, like, has there ever been a moment after some really bad Chinese numbers where they don't put up some good Chinese numbers? Uh, and I actually think that, that numbers out of China are not exactly like American numbers. They'll put up what's necessary. We know that the Chinese, look, we're sitting here arguing about the, the, uh, how many ships we have in the Straits versus how many airplanes they're flying over Taiwan. And at the same time, we really trust the Alibaba numbers. You know, we, we, we throw that caveat out there with all things China. Well, I mean, look, the biggest issue in China that a lot of the tech guys are afraid of is, uh, is chip blockade. And the Chinese Navy could do a chip blockade out of Taiwan. They have a big enough Navy. So I, it's not, that's not taking over Taiwan, but that's, a lot of companies do not need a chip embargo right now. And it's great that we passed this CHIPS Act, but we're not going to be able to put up those foundries for a couple no, of years. No, no. Uh, President looks to sign that bill on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a bit. We'll get to EVs as well. We mentioned Lucid Shares uh, tanking post results. Interesting comments out of Ride today. That stock's going to open up 11. And we'll talk about uh, tomorrow's jobs number and whether claims today are giving us any clues when we come back. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Got a few EV names to watch today. Lucid shares are sliding after cutting its production targets again. But on the flip side, Fisker, keeping with its goals for the year, saying it's on track to start production of its electric ocean SUV in mid-November. Nikola's out with its results two moments ago. They beat on revenue. Uh, adjusted losses a bit better than expected. But Q2 production and deliveries come in at the low end. The CEO is going to be on closing bell later on today, oh, uh, 3 p.m. Gotcha. Eastern time is we Jim see oil with an eight handle for the first time since Russia's invasion. Yeah, I, look, I, I think that oil is really what to watch because what's happened is, is that while the Fed is talking tough, 
the actual building block commodities in the economy, whether it be the grain complex, whether it be the plastic complex, the paper complex, the oil complex, they're all going down rather dramatically. And that's a sign of a win. So it's very difficult for me to see where, why these people are so plagued and believing that nothing's happened. It would be so much better if they would come out and say, you know what, we're winning the war, but there's a lot more to the war than just say that we're not doing anything because then it makes them seem like they're just some sort of propaganda machine. Yeah. Uh, we are going to get CPI next week. Uh, B of A, Jim, says it'll be a, quote, low-energy number, uh, one-tenth. On head- that's the headline number that's going to be reflected well, of all this energy. Look, I, I don't understand why people don't see, you know, why every day we don't come out here and say, wow, where are all the buyers of everything? I mean, today the journal piece was saying that the speculators are leaving grain. Well, I mean, I had Agco on, which is one of the largest farm equipment companies, and there was just a good harvest in a lot of... First of all, there was a harvest in, in Ukraine. We thought they were, that 13% of the calories says Ukraine that it was going to produce nothing. Second, wow, Latin America did really, really well. And then the Chinese aren't... I mean, I don't want to say they're not eating as much, but they're not going out as much. And I, I just think it's all going the Fed's way. They will not say it. It's almost as if Jay Powell said, I do not want for one second to say anything good. And, and if they did, you'd probably hammer them. Don't you think? Well, okay. Why would they want to undo all the progress? They're doing great. They should just keep their mouths shut. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. You know, as someone who does way too much talking, I can tell you that you can shut your mouth. I mean, sometimes when I, on the weekends, my wife will say, that's very good. Could you shut up? <laughs> and then it's like a four-hour period where you don't talk. I think it would be very wise if someone said to the Fed people, shut up. It's going your way. There's no, you know, it's never complain and never explain. Thank you, Henry Ford. Ford number's going to be good. Yep. I just look at it and I, and I just marvel that they're so, they, they're almost oblivious to the progress that they're making. Remember when oil's supposed to go to 150? I do remember that. Goldman's target's still around 140. As yeah. for gas prices, Jim, it's now the lowest since February. Um, down 50 days straight. Uh, our Bob at 290 would imply a 375 average uh, in a few days. Well, there you go. I mean, on the way up, it's all we talked about. On the way down, it's like it's not happening. I mean, I remember when aluminum was a major problem in this country. It's down 15%. Copper, we just heard endlessly the Chinese taking copper up. Dr. Copper, it's down 21%. Uh, I just am, I, I am just aghast that nobody sees the deflation that's coming. Um, certainly except the tenure, which sees it. So I don't know. I mean, they're going to win. The Fed always wins. I don't care whether they're late, they're early, they're winners. Uh, and the, thing that, the last thing to roll over are the rich people. And I, I'm trying to figure out, for instance, is travel not that high for the rich people? Because every time you go, the, your plane is canceled. But rich people are still spending. Uh, but they don't have as much that they can buy because the, the, even the you know, they can go buy Lamborghinis. They're $450,000 a pop. They're very well, nice. Ferrari's results would argue they're still in. Yep. It's great. You know, you can test drive a Lamborghini and go 180 miles an hour in Modena. Uh, but you also have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll watch that. Uh, obviously, oil's a huge part of the story today. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Still got to get to a bunch of results on uh. this last big push. Datadog, Cigna, Kellogg. I know Jim wants to talk some Lily. We'll do it in the opening bells in 10 minutes. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. 
like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. I think what's damaging is it'll cause investors in biotech and big pharma to steer investment away from certain types of drugs, in particular small molecules, and mostly for cancer and specialized diseases. That's uh, David Ricks of Lilly talking about the quarter. First revenue decline in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, let's go over this. I mean, uh, it's absolutely true currency hurt them. Uh, It's absolutely true that they had some problems with generics. But what's not true is the idea that the future is somehow worse than the past. They've got two of the biggest drugs. They've got a weight loss drug, which had just a spectacular first month. It might have been samples, but it was great. And then the FDA is fast-tracking their Alzheimer's. Uh, now, their Al- Alzheimer's, from the work I do with the, uh, with the Brain Foundation and also with the Migrant Foundation, there's genuine excitement in the, in the medical community about their Alzheimer's formulation. There was no excitement about Biogen. I mean, Biogen, over and over again, they would tell me behind the scenes, do not get behind Biogen. It is going to hurt you if you got behind it. But I got to tell you, the Alzheimer's drug that they have at Lilly, uh, if your parents have Alzheimer's, you're taking it. Now, this is what I think happens. That's, for, that's further off in the future. But there's jet, it, does, it does immediately reduce plaque. It's a great drug. And you can imagine a lifetime drug. You take it every day because you don't want Alzheimer's. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. Uh, it has proven to be uh, one of the most intractable medical issues. That's we've why had. this is an extraordinary. Now, one thing I will compliment David Rickson and Ms. Ashkenazi, who's the CFO, they will not talk about it. As opposed to Biogen, which all they did was talk about it. You get off the. I have tried so hard to get them off their game to find more about the Alzheimer's drug. They're just tight lipped. They'll talk about the drug that reduces fat which is another drug that many of us will take, but not the Alzheimer's, which makes me feel that you're getting a chance. We sold some stock up here for the trust, and when it was the 298 this morning, I was salivating. I said, oh, they're gonna give us a chance to get back in, but people are figuring out that it could be the largest drug of all time. Watch it. Going to open down about three. Uh, Opening bell in a few moments here. Quick reminder, you can always catch us anytime. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Futures have weakened a bit as we'll get that opening bell in just about five minutes. There is a bit of um, consumer headwinds uh, given the macro situation. Uh, We've taken that into account, and that's important that, you know, we de-risk that portion of our business. Um, But, you know, the key is that we have this uh, really great portfolio that, you know, we can balance uh, depending on what's what's going on. And it's all about getting the best in the data center and in the embedded, um, you know, business, getting those um, ships ramped and getting them to the customers who want them. AMD's Lisa Sue uh, with Jim last night. Yeah, this is very important. There are two kinds of people out there, two customers. There's the enterprise, which is the high-performance computing, and that, that business is on fire for them. And then there's the consumer, and the consumer is, P- is PC. And PC, she's now forecasting to be double-digit down. Uh, the Intel had been a little bit less. Uh, this is very important because that will run its course. They are moving out of that. As a matter of fact, I think this time next year, their defense and aerospace will rival it because they bought Xilinx. Xilinx is doing much better since they bought them. Xilinx is going to change their mosaic this time next year. So you will not have to think that they're shooting against Intel 
Intel plays in that particular segment, which is why Intel's having so many trouble. Uh, we're going to watch the crypto space as well. We'll talk oh. about coin once we get this opening bell. Let's get the uh, CNBC real-time exchange and the bell here at the big board. It's fiscal note celebrating its recent listing via SPAC at the NASDAQ. It's Latin America's first fully integrated platform semantics ringing the opening bell. Jim, uh, Coinbase is going to open up 30 plus. His Aladdin system technology, leaders in both thought leaders and technology in the fund business, Coinbase, an outfit that the SEC has repeatedly told me, eh, let me put it said publicly, uh, has a 24% short position, and voila, you team those two up and you have Coinbase up 24, it can be up 34. I mean, the short position is that big. Short position is that big. Uh, today, City names it uh, their upside catalyst idea. Well, not yeah. so much on the on the BlackRock stuff, but on the ether, uh, whether or not the ether uh, move brings, yeah. brings some good things in the weeks well, to come. Look, I think that Coinbase turned around the moment that we heard from the Senate that uh, crypto might be regulated by the CFTC, which is uh, much more of a loose regulator than Gary Gensler, who, chairman of the SEC, who wanted Coinbase to be viewed as an exchange. Remember, they have more than 200 crypto. The SEC is very concerned about whether there's cryptos that are pump and dump and cryptos that are mid-level marketing schemes. So they have been much harsher. The uh, CFTC is what much, they love to embrace financial engineering. And Coinbase is the leader in that. Uh, Robinhood uh, gonna op- actually opens up about 3% here, Jim. Uh, Vlad Tenev trying to push back on the notion that they're somehow a target well, I mean, they do have a good cash position, but I can't think for the life of me who would want them uh, because the, their, their core base was decimated. Uh, and I don't know how strong um, they're, I mean, they have these, you know, 22 million, 25 million. But if you don't use it a lot or you've been crushed in the options market or, or in the, uh, let's just say, more bizarre crypto. It, by the way, he will, when I speak to Vlad, Vlad's adamant. First thing I'm talking about is that, hey, listen, we do not do what Coinbase does. We vet far harder and we do far fewer. And I think that's important to give Vlad 10 of that. But at the same time, the idea, I mean, I immediately I call a lot of brokers and say, would you ever buy uh, Robinhood? And the answer is always the same. It's like, what? look, why are you bothering us? A lot of times you ask smart questions. Um, why are you bothering us? And then you realize, wow, you know, making calls isn't always the best way to for people to think you're working hard. Yeah. Uh, this is what uh, Vlad Tenev said about uh, interest uh, in an acquisition. Take a listen. In one word, no. Uh, I think we're in a great position as a standalone company. I love us as a standalone company. We've got a strong balance sheet. We've got an awesome team. And we're delivering on our product roadmap, as I mentioned, at a pace that we haven't seen before. So, um, actually, I... I'd flip it on the other side. We actually see uh, opportunities, particularly in this market environment, to leverage the balance sheet that we have that's about $6 billion, uh, to acquire companies that can help us accelerate our roadmap. Well, look, they do have a lot of money. Uh, they, man, look, I struggle when I actually uh, talk with them. I struggle over what happened in terms of they got $5 billion in, which is very important. 
But of course, their actual assets decline because what people are in, and that's not Vlad's fault, mm-hmm. uh, what people are in really got crushed during this era. Uh, they're in the SPACs, they're in the options, all the stuff that we now sit there and say, wow, that was part of an amazing bear market. It's almost like that that's where a lot of people were. And they're trying to develop retirement products. They're trying to get beyond the notion uh, that they're gunners. And I think they can do that, uh, but it's a really tough environment to do that. Because a lot of people don't feel, you know, a lot of people left this market. They lost a lot of money. I mean, you know, Gina Francola, who is so good for us, put together some figures for me about how you've done it in SPACs. I mean, uh, it, it, it's really rather incredible. Uh, it's almost as if you just decided to lose money by investing. It's like, you know what? I can lose money faster than you. It is that breathtaking to see the, the data she put together about SPACs versus the s Although back a year ago when we were doing a lot of this from home, actually, right, talking about the boom, people were saying, how, how can I find a way to short this? Because this is ridiculous. Right. Well, remember, they were shorting Lucid. Why? Because they felt that Lucid wasn't going to be able to make nearly as many cars as, as they were projecting. Well, no one was as negative about Lucid than the numbers that Lucid came out today. I mean, we, I, going back, you know, I was telling Ford that Lucid is half your value, but they made 300 vehicles in the month of April. 300. Well, no. I mean, you can't have a company valued at, at $34 billion if they made, th- you know, sold 300 cars. And by the way, they're still doing the reservations. You know, I, I, as a method. Now, Anthony Bourdain was a great writer. I loved him. His first book was called No Re- Well, no, his first one was better, but one of me it was called No Reservations. Yes, yes. I'm not looking for reservations as a metric. That <laughs> metric was two years ago. So don't tell me that you've got great reservations. Reservations, I know, as I know from the restaurant business, are made to be canceled. Uh, speaking of uh, reservations, Jim, uh, restaurants today, QSR, uh, not too bad. Uh, 82 cents uh, beats by nine, revenue ahead. Tim Horton up 15. Burger King International up 18. Tim Horton was doing quite well. Tim Horton had been at one point their, uh, actually, their albatross. So congratulations to them. Uh, I can't wait. We have, you have Jose? Yeah, he's coming up in the 10 a.m. Oh, that'll be terrific. He's a great restaurateur. Uh, by the way, so is Gibbs at, at Yum, but the problem with Yum, I mean, he was traveling, so I don't want to say he was duckiest at all. But Yum had a Russian problem, and Yum has a Pizza Hut problem. It, it's like, you know, sometimes when you're in the dog food business and you put on the can, new and improved, yeah. the dogs are not sure. Yeah. Well, Pizza Hut and, and Papa John's today, uh, down three, pops oh, up nine-tenths. UK really hurts. Uh, 20% div hike, but they do say an increasingly difficult macro environment. Only six ingredients in their pizza. I happen to like Rob Lynch very much. He's been on a bunch of times. The pizza category's gotten quite tough. Remember when it was the end-all, be-all well, of all things oh my. restaurants and stocks? Just yeah, I mean, it was, you know, but I happen to like this new guy at Domino's. we got to give him some time, uh, Russell Wiener, uh, because Domino's could be putting in a bottom. People like him. They understand that he's got great growth, problem, but he's cleaning. The company got a little bit off the rails, and I think that I, I prefer Domino's to any of these. I think Domino's got a strong leader, and you're going to see some good numbers. You've always those guys. Well, I mean, I discovered the stock was at 10 yep. when uh, uh, when they changed management and, you know, I got 
<laughs> they came in to me and they said, listen, uh, do you think we're better than a cardboard box? And I said, well, I don't know. It depends on the I, I sauce. Do, I love that story. And then they did the, that, the beginning of the move in, in Domino's was when they did the famous Super Bowl ad where they did, uh, you know, they did, what, uh, what would you call it? Uh, consumer trial of, of cardboard versus their yes, pizza. Yes, The cardboard did come out very yes, well. Yes, um, Sticking with food, you know, it's not often we have stocks near all-time highs that aren't energy, but Kellogg's, they could do it well, today. Well, the numbers there were so much better. Kellogg's, where I'm looking at the former CEO right here, um, Kellogg's did numbers. <laughs> Carlos Coutures. Um Kellogg's did numbers that I never thought could happen. And I've got my, my hat is off to them. They are creating value left and right. They're doing some separations. I, I just cannot believe how much Kellogg's and General Mills are the two stars. Uh, revenue mean, ahead. They raised the full year revenue guide. Uh, they guide cash flow to the high end. By the way, Jim's I'm mentioning gonna... Carlos Gutierrez, uh, a former Commerce and Commerce Secretary. He's here on and the floor a great today. guy. Yeah. Used to come in all, all the time with me with Cuddle and Kramer. I think Larry's no longer um, at our station. Okay, let's go beyond that. Uh, but Kellogg and General Mills, they have like 30 and 29% of the cereal business. Post uh, uh, has, uh, has about 18. The cereal business is one of those businesses, think about it. Grains are coming down, but grain is smaller than the box. Yep. And certainly smaller than the cellophane thing that's hard to open up. And those are coming down. So if you can get cereal and not going to the buy one, get one, they are going to make... You got him too? Yep, we got everybody. It's going to be a good morning. You're you're feel free to stay if you want. I know you got stuff to do. I have I have President Xi. <laughs> I mean, I think I don't know. I'm going to one ask him one. about about the cereal business. He's got some good numbers. No, I mean I don't even have General Cho. <laughs> wow, you guys have got everybody. Uh, it's a it's a good morning. Uh, oil right now closer to 89 than it is to 90. Oh, Jim, yeah. there's no. I mean, I, I have a hedge in my. You're going to talk about the hedge that my travel trust has, which is that that's it. That's the Achilles heel of this market other than the possible blockade of chips out of China. But the, the, the only thing to really fear is a spike in oil. It's the Goldman view. Because that, it, you know, we don't talk much about Russia and Ukraine anymore. But if you could get it so that Russia had, uh, was not shipping oil uh, and, and you get the end of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve withdrawal of a million barrels a day, then you might have a spike in oil. And a spike in oil is what would cause the Goldman view uh, to hurt. But right now, these stocks are in free fall, whether they reported great numbers or not. Right. I mean, Conoco. I was going to say Conoco this morning. Look, I looked at that number and I said, boy, if oil were over $100, people would be paying $100 for Conoco Phillips. But no. And I just think that we have to watch oil. That's the thing that could wreck us. That's it, though, because these other, none of these other, uh, you're not going to get big wage increases if you do not have the engineers uh, fleeing from Meta and going to Google. On every one of those conference calls uh, for the for the hyper, well, the tech titans, as uh, as they call them at, at uh, ANET, is just, they're just not hiring. And that means they're leaving a lot of jobs opening. And I think that open, and I think that what that means is that that's where you had the big job hop and wage increases in, in engineers. Remember, I told you it's a white collar recession. It's a white collar recession. And Arista Networks, uh, uh, Jay Shree Yulil, whom I just love, she had an unbelievable quarter, 
you, she would tell you that those businesses are all very strong, but they don't need more people. They just need more computer power. It's kind of like when we have Bill McDermott on from ServiceNow. Exactly right. Or anything Nadella says about technology and inflation. Yeah, thank you. Nadella is a guy that clearly recognizes that we don't, they don't need more people. Those guys all had dreams. I mean, it's like, by the way, Meta. I mean, people used to post like mad, okay? Now they're not posting a lot. So they got to find something. TikTok is crushing. I, I felt that Reels had a good $1 billion run rate. But TikTok is crushing them. And when we see, I have a feeling that when we see the TikTok numbers, we're going to say, unless somehow that we can say that, the, that you're a Manchurian candidate if you watch TikTok, wow, their numbers are going to be the best in show. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Meta because we are getting official word today about their, bro- their bond market debut. Yes. A four-part offer. Uh, one of the few S&P companies with no debt. I know. They, they, look, they have a chance. My Chapel Trust owns it, but I did say last week I bet on the horse. I bet on the jockey, not the horse. I, I don't think that the metaverse, which is a really good thing, is being picked up the way I thought it would. Well, it's still three to five year time horizon. What, no what, what, well, that's what, what were you expecting at this point? Well, I just I thought there might be a kind of a groundswell. Uh, and I was hoping GameStop would turn itself into the distributor. And you probably see that because all he does is watch TV, Ryan Cohen, and it's mm-hmm. to do. But I just, I don't know. There's going to be a, it's almost like they have a patent cliff. Like they're a drug company. And there's like going to be this period where there's nothing. And then maybe there's a ramp up. And they have to make it easier. Uh, they got to make it so that, uh, that we all want to be in the metaverse. Right now, we, we prefer not to be in the metaverse. Right, right. But maybe that's because we haven't been in the metaverse. I mean, once you're in it, it it's it is a lot of fun. But oh my god, we'll all find out one day. Look, I have genuine metaverse film with Mark Zuckerberg, and we continue to run this one, which there. there, there oh, it is. Thank you happy you. now? Now notice how if you take a look, you can't see the biceps. There it is, the biceps. Huge. Look at what Jacked. he did. Jack, nice is cut, he, definition and everything. He is a genius. You, you're much bigger than he is in that in that clip, right? He, he usually. Can I look? I actually like the guy. Yeah. Yes, I know. I mean, <laughs> his folks like him. I like him. Wife probably likes him. I mean, you know, come on. There's a cohort there. It's a um, cohort. Speak before we run out of time, Jim. While we're in media, uh, Paramount, uh, two cent beat, uh, revenue up nineteen. Uh, um, they, they argue more signups, gross, net, sub-ads of any domestic premium service. How's that doing right In the now? quarter. How's it doing? Uh, not as well today as Warner Brothers, actually. Uh, WBD is going to be the highest level well, since uh, you know, early David, June. David Zaslav. Yep. I mean, if you want to get to that party, that Labor Day party. I don't think he does those. He, I know. I, that's but I, One time in the New York Post, it was listed that I had a fabulous time at the party. But I wasn't there, which I always thought was incredible. Maybe my digital twin was there and that I was far ahead of Zuckerberg when it came to the metaverse. Paramount. I mean, can we just say that Bob Backish, no matter what he does, he's kind of like the oil of filming. I mean, it doesn't matter. Conoco, Paramount, they do really well. Nobody wants to buy. Paramount, he's doing the best he can. You know, he's kind of like Star Trek. Just give it all she got. Yeah, yeah, that's actually quite apropos. Isn't it? It's their franchise. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in the earlier show, in Squawk, they love to talk about Top Gun. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Oh, 43 million subs. Uh, They're little little by little. 
Um, but why isn't it moving in you? Because there's worries about ad spend, right. obviously. Right. And why does Hulu have constant ads? Do they? Ugh. Ugh. You, you, I, I, you I read a book while I'm watching a Hulu yeah. program. You I read a book. I get the book done. You don't pay for the ad-free service. I should. Yeah. I know, but but I wanted to finish War and Peace. Well, Disney's going to be coming on the way. Uh, we'll, we'll wait for those numbers. Now, look, Disney, which my chapel trust owns, has been horrendous. I always like to point out when something's really horrible. But it, the stock's made a big move. It's twenty, almost twenty bucks it's off made the line. A very big move. Yeah. And I think that the theme parks are great. Uh, Paramount's theme park's not so good, and Netflix theme park's awful. Yes, as you said before. Uh, flattish action on the it, index it level. Last time. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm retiring. Oil, oil still sub 90. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, that's an important story. Oil below 90. So the market is showing its preferences, again, growth over value. Just take a look at the sectors today. This incredible run of technology stocks that we've had. Kathy Wood's ARC Fund is just on a real tear here. Tech is there. And what don't they want? They don't want energy. So this is growth over value. And even defensive names are not that interesting uh, to the market. So uh, two stories, peak travel, peak oil. Uh, peak travel, you saw it's, what bookings, the numbers were good. July looked a little weak. Maybe it was cancellations uh, uh, overall here. But did you see Lufthansa? Their numbers, they talked about forward bookings August to December, 83% of pre-pandemic levels. And they're pretty optimistic. This is Lufthansa, which has had an awful summer with cancellations. And they made some positive comments uh, on travel. Uh, peak oil is a lot more interesting. Have you seen what's going on since oil topped it in uh, early part of June? Uh, and seeing what's happened since then, what the market's been doing. Essentially, forget about oil. Oil is well gone here. So since uh, June 3rd, we're up 1% in the S&P. Tech's up 5%. Energy's down 17%. What does this tell you? The reason this is happening is Wall Street's looking to the 2023. 2023 earnings estimates, it doesn't like what it sees on oil stocks here. So all the big oil companies, uh, Occidental, Exxon, Chevron, they're all expected to see notable drops in their earnings in 2023. And the reason that's happening is because these are tied to oil and oil prices are expected to be lower in 2023. Oil's about $90, just broke 89. But look at this oil futures contract. It's been in what we call backwardation for a long time. But basically, they're expecting oil by mid August uh, um, next year to be in the low 80s. So that's impacting the way people look at this. Oil stocks tied to the price of oil and stocks don't usually go up when the, the forward estimates are going down, which is what they're doing right now. So the market, if you see what's going on long term, seems to be pricing in a peak in oil fundamentals at this point. Uh, and the 2023 estimates put up that next full screen are, are lower than 2022. And that's really why oil stocks have been selling off. What are they buying? Well, they're buying tech. Since this moment has happened in mid-June, with all the oil stocks notably down, all the big cap tech stocks like Apple, NVIDIA, AMD are notably up. So it's growth over value. Energy tends to be value. Uh, and uh, less interest even uh, in defensive names like consumer staples. As for today, this is really the last big day of earnings season. And the key story here is not nearly as bad as was feared two months ago when we had that big drop in June. 
Q2 numbers have been going up. Q3 and Q4, as I've been pointing out, are slightly lower. They were in the mid eights uh, a few weeks ago. Now they're in the low sevens. Possibly they could go into the high sixes, but no earnings recession. And remember, Carl, we keep repeating this over and over again. When you go into a recession, almost invariably, earnings go down, even in a mild recession, 10 to 20 percent. The market, at least now, with the guidance we've got, is not signaling any kind of recession like that. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report uh, for a look at Treasury. Speaking of recessionary indicators, two's tens, inversion now about 40 basis points. That's the most since uh, 2000. We'll watch that, of course. Claims did come in 260 in line. And the jobs number tomorrow, as Jim has told you, is going to have big implications for where the Fed trajectory goes from here. We're back in a moment. We mentioned Kellogg earlier with a uh, beat on the top and the bottom line, raising their full year revenue guide. That's going to be a fresh high right there, 75.94. And the CEO is going to join us in the next hour. Dow's down 56. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. So I've been pushing for Lynn Rendell. She took over Clorox. And I, look, you want her to do a great job. Obviously, they had a big problem because everyone was using Clorox wipes during the pandemic. But there were many different divisions. Household was not good. Lifestyle was not good. Natural person was not good. Uh, it, it was just a, a not great quarter. And I feel terrible because they also have a lot of private label competition in, their, in, in what they make. So I don't think at 3.3% yield, you're going to get protected there. I think the stock's going to go back down, uh, not as low as 120 where it was in June, but I think it's headed lower. That's interesting on the heels of P&G. Yeah. Uh, how about tonight? Okay, so I got a bunch of people. I'm trying to understand Industrial America more. So I have Camores on tonight. Uh, Mark, dude, that's that spinoff of DuPont. Uh, I have Don Wood. I actually want to ask about theft in the uh, shopping center. Uh, Don's, Don's delivered amazing numbers. And then Brad Jacobs, who's an XPO and a magician, by the way. He's he spun off GXO. He's spinning off another. Uh, and business is going, quote him, gangbusters. That's good. And then rest up for tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, yeah. big. I'm not going away. Good, yeah, I'm supposed to. to take these days. So I don't care. It's a big day. We had a lot today. I feel badly we did not get to as many as we, we did our best. We'll see you tonight. Okay, thank Mad you. Money, 6 p.m. We're back in a moment. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.